0: You are listening to the Critical Mass Nonprofit Radio Show, Orange County's only talk radio show dedicated to featuring nonprofit organizations and their leader, with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello, I'm Pete Weitzner, in for Rick Franzi, and you are listening to Critical Mass Radio Show every Tuesday. We come to you live uh, with two business leaders. We'll be meeting with Ihab Shahawi and about 15 to 17 seconds, and you can listen to us live on octalkradio.net. Also, watch us now live on Facebook and on YouTube. Just punch in OC Talk Radio. I mentioned Ihab Shahawi, and I should fill in my background real quick. I run the broadcast journalism program at Chapman University, for the last 20 years and have been covering business, especially in Orange County, for almost 30 years, which, yes, makes me older than 30. Ehab Shahawi and later on his wife founded Sales, which is a company with a commitment to quality of care, supervision, training of adults and children with intellectual and developmental disabilities. As I mentioned, he's the CEO and founder of Sales, which is both out of Costa Mesa and Woodland Hills. And it implements a unique system he does with his firm, SalesWorks, to assist and train people in need so they can achieve their maximum potential with a positive environment. Behind that concept is the belief of change and positive behavior. And Ihab joins us now to share more of his signature approach that involves positive and rewards-based techniques. Ihab Shahawi, founder of Sales, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here today. How did this whole business, now 21 years ago, how did this all come about? Well, it started much earlier than that,
1: actually. It started back in the early 80s when I was a student at UCLA. I was studying psychology, and I started uh, taking uh, courses in behavior modification my senior year. And I came across um, a course called Behavior Modification, taught by a professor by the name of Dr. Ivar Lovas. Dr. Lovas became very famous in our field because he was the first behaviorist to work with children with autism in a clinic environment and really studied them in depth. It was the first ongoing behavioral clinic probably in the world
0: uh, started by him. What was the view of autism in the 80s Uh, at that time
1: yeah it was different people thought autism could be cured actually and uh, the only way to teach autism was to use aversive approaches and and a reward and punishment, a combination of both, and and that really was the approach at that time. It was quite different. Than it is now.
0: So obviously, you bought into what this professor in this behavior modification class was teaching.
1: Absolutely, it intrigued me tremendously. He called for volunteers to work in his clinic, and I volunteered and started actually working with the kids directly while at UCLA and uh, it was a tremendous experience. I learned a great deal about behavior and, and uh, how to change behavior and how to modify it and really worked with the kids and did, wrote my senior project on that uh, on that premise and uh, it, it really it got into my blood let's say.
0: So it's in your blood and at, at that same point or at what point do you decide I want to have a I want to dedicate my life to this and have a business? In helping, not, and we should add, you help people with a wide range of disabilities, right? Absolutely, Beyond. yes. Um, when did you decide that? You know, I, I knew
1: I wanted to get into this right out of college. I just, there was nobody providing these services back then, so there was no business really to fit into or to even work in. It was brand new. It wasn't, I decided to do other business ventures and, and other jobs for a few years until. Uh, a friend of mine, actually, one of my best friends from college, his dad, Dr. Gary Lavinia, uh, was one of the, he's one of the preeminent uh, founders of a, a, a strategy called Applied Behavior Analysis, ABA, and uh, only uses positive and reward-based reinforcers for changing behavior. And Dr. Lavinia said, you know, you're interested in this field. I'm going to give you some books to read. Uh, I told him I wasn't quite uh, in line with Dr. Lovas' approach. And he said, that's fine. You know, there's lots of different ways to do it. And here's mine. So I learned from him quite a bit. Uh, A book he gave me called Progress Without Punishment was instrumental in my education of the basis of applied behavior analysis. And I used that information, and then I started developing my own theories about what, how to make it better even how to how to grow it from there i came up with an approach that i've called the sales aba plus approach And a few years after uh, working with Dr. Lavinia, I worked with him for two years and did another year of consulting, and then I decided it was time I was ready to start my own business, and I applied for RFPs, requests for proposals, with some of the regional centers here in California. And the first one that came up was one for teenagers. I wanted to work with children or teenagers and uh, applied for it, and I won and was given an award to open two homes for teenagers coming out of the state developmental centers. And this was back in 1996. And, not, and by June, I had bought a house, fixed it up, <laughs> hired staff, trained them, and went with the agency employees to go pick up these young men from Camarillo State Hospital, which was uh, uh, closing. Actually, these were the last four. Uh, individuals that were staying at Camarillo Hospital. When they left, the doors were closed behind them. And uh, they came into the community. We worked with them. We had some success. And the agency uh, that we worked with at the time, Kern Regional Center, asked us to open a couple more homes the following year and just kind of kept rolling from there. Our philosophy started working
0: started with autism or people on the autism spectrum
1: right it's uh, my studies in college were strictly with children with autism and then when we when I started the company and worked with uh, dr Lavinia those were a, a variety of different developmental disabilities there was individuals with cerebral palsy Down syndrome intellectual disabilities as well as autism autism and as you know autism is a whole range of disabilities it's not just one type of disorder that's why we call it the autism spectrum
0: right forgive me if this is the classic even shallow question but the what seems to be the incredibly greater incidences of autism today versus like when you started and you had this your professor 30 years ago what do we attribute it to
1: Well, there's no one correct and specific answer to that question because nobody really knows what causes autism. There's a lot of theories, you know, uh, gene mutations, uh, combinations of many different types of gene mutations. Uh, I talked to a professor up at Stanford a few years back, and he had identified 68 different types of gene mutations that produce different Uh, array of different disabilities within each individual. So there's no one thing, and you know, the main thing that a lot of people say, it's triggers that could be environmental, some say, you know, I'm sure you've heard people say it's, you know, from immunizations, and it could be diseases that the parents have had, or it could just be hereditary weaknesses in in the genes, that and that particular child ends up having a, one or a, or multiple gene mutations that cause the you know the the autism behavior the autistic behaviors and right. and disorders that they may.
0: Of course, your job people. is how do we bring out the best in these kids or adults? And but ultimately, your task I want them to be independent, trying to be independent people.
1: Yeah, our our goal is to really give them the highest quality of life possible. You know, they have this this disability. They didn't do anything wrong to get it. They're born with it, unfortunately. And and it's our job to make their life as easy as possible, to train them, to work with them, to teach them, and to guide them into uh, becoming as independent as they can be and live as happy and fruitful life as they can.
0: I'm looking at some... It looks like almost 30 different disorders that your customers have. How big is sales at this point?
1: Um, The sales group is comprised of five different companies right now, and we're throughout uh, California. Uh, We're in Kansas City, and uh, we're expanding into other areas as well uh, this coming year. We uh, operate over 50 different homes or projects at these locations so we're over 600 employees we serve over 500 individuals that needs our services on a on a daily
0: basis so take me through and then we'll take a quick break and, and do more with uh, Ihab Shahawi he's the CEO and founder of sales which as if you've been uh, you've been listening you know he trains he and his uh, colleagues train kids and and uh, adults with intellectual and development disabilities maybe take me through a typical customer and then also the people, because your biggest goal, right, is to get them hired in the workforce, right? That's one of the goals, of one course, goal. is to teach them skills.
1: Uh, we have um, uh, a variety of uh, adult day programs, and through those uh, day programs, we teach them uh, safety skills, socialization skills, proper behavior. We teach them all kinds of uh, uh, positive uh, uh, approaches to how to deal with uh, difficult potential employers and, and co-workers and so forth. That's part of what we do is uh, in our pre-vocational type of training at our day programs. And uh, we have had uh, vocational programs as well where we have worked with individuals to help them get jobs and find jobs. It's an area called supported uh, employment where you know we get them prepped for the, the opportunities that could come before them, whether it's volunteer or actual paid employment.
0: Many years ago, I recall doing a story out at a company here in Santa Ana called Ingram Micro, which had a very, for its time, progressive program. They would hire young people with various uh, disabilities. Um, and I'll, I'll never forget talking to, I believe it was the CEO. He said, look, I, I know the obvious. I feel like I'm doing good work here. But let me tell you something. They have the best attendance, they're the most loyal. I assume these are some of the selling points because it's a tight labor market, and of course, anyone will wonder what's the incentive for an employer? I notice among your clients, we have people with gang prob- gang affiliations.: Correct. You can go elsewhere. Absolutely.
1: yeah, it's, uh, it's really a matter of putting a program together where you support the individuals and you teach them to be at their best. It's just like you would with any employee, right you, you guide them to be the best version of themselves to produce for the company, and they're incentivized and rewarded. And in our case, when we work with we take somebody into the into the work uh, force, we support them. We want to make sure they're supported and they're successful and they actually have um, you know it takes them a while longer. To learn things, which is okay, but we're there to support them through that process until they also develop a team around them uh, from the actual employees
0: of the company to become their natural support. Is there an average length of time people, because they come and they live in your homes? Yes. Average length of time, can you say?
1: Um, it varies. We, with our children, it's a shorter period of time. They're with us, you know, they could be with us uh, a couple of years on average, too. And, and some of them have been with us until they became adults and are still with us. So it just, it just varies upon their family environment. But if it's somebody that's just coming to us because they're having behavioral difficulties and the families can't handle them and they want them back when they're doing better, that's usually a two-year or less turnaround where they end up transitioning back to the family home.
0: We are talking with Ihab Shahawi. He is the CEO and founder of Sales, and we're going to take a break and we're going to come back more with Ihab Shahawi in just a bit. You're listening to Critical Mass for Business on octalkradio.net, also watching us, perhaps you can, on YouTube, Facebook Live. We'll be right back. I'm Pete Weitzner in for Rick Francie <laughs>
2: and learn more about our executive peer group.
0: We are back with EHAB Tahawi. I'm Pete Weitzner in for Rick Franzi. Rick will be back, I believe, next week. Might have another sub next week. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, but he's come to you for many years, as you know, on Tuesdays, 4 to 5 o'clock, with two business leader CEOs, and we certainly have one here in EHAB for, for more than 20 years has run the company Sales, which trains children and adults with intellectual and development disabilities. Well, you know, we always ask guests on this show, EHAB, uh, what do you do when you make a business plan and it doesn't work out? And I would imagine in your field, that's not uncommon. You're taking on people who have have some difficulties. So what do you do when you, you can't uh, train someone or you can't get them to have... What, what what society would consider acceptable behavior?
1: You know, ab- absolutely, it, it can be very challenging. Uh, sometimes it's fairly easy. You know, you just change the environment, and you try a, a specific approach, and you're consistent with it, and boom, it works. But that's not always uh, the case, obviously, as in any type of business. So what we do is we constantly tweak the formula. So, for example, what we use is what uh, we call... Uh, individualized service plan for each person that we work with and that individualized service plan spells out all the different uh, behaviors unwanted behaviors that we want to address skills that we want to teach that person and uh, reward systems reinforcers that work with them
0: do you do do you take all comers in other words if if, and you're working with Area hospitals. You're working obviously with governmental groups and probably maybe even NGOs to some extent. Do you take all comers, or
1: we you? pretty much do? Uh, that's kind of one of our you know uh, philosophies. Is that um, we have what I call a no reject, no eject policy. So we don't reject anybody that's referred to us, and we don't uh, give up on anybody that we're working with. There are extenuating circumstances to that philosophy, but that's really we try to stick to that because we feel we could, with our um, proprietary approach to this, we feel that we can pretty much help everybody reduce their unwanted behaviors and improve their quality of life.
0: Hard to recall on the spot. I know we're dealing, obviously, with some confidential matters, but... Can you think of an example or two of what we were just talking about? Maybe someone who, even you coming in, whoa, this is, I wish we didn't have the, was it no reject, no eject <laughs> policy?
1: We had a, I can, I can tell you a story off the top of my head. We had a young man who was about uh, 11 years old. He was an extreme handful. He was pretty high-functioning. He was a pretty bright young man. He had his disabilities, but they were minor they were mild, I would say. and uh, But he was really difficult to manage. He was into everything. He was breaking things. He was fighting with people. He was cursing and screaming and yelling. And our staff and our management, who are super well-trained to work with the most behaviorally challenging people in the state, were pulling their hair out with this young man. And the one thing I told our administrator for that home is, you've got to provide him with a tremendous amount of positive praise this is a young man that needs tremendous amount of positive in his life he hasn't had it so all he knows is negative and fighting and biting and scratching and hitting and all of that so they said well there's nothing that he does that we feel we could give him positive praise about (laughs) (laughs) at that time i said well think about it there has to be something you know does he take a shower she said, yes. I said, okay, he's great. Organic. Praise him for taking a shower. <laughs> Does he get dressed on his own? Yes. Okay, praise him for getting dressed on his own. Start with really basic bits and pieces of things that he's actually doing that you wouldn't normally praise a child for doing, but emphasize it with this particular child. And I want 24-hour-a-day positive reinforcement on him. Within six months of that, he had absolutely zero behaviors. It was a miracle. It was absolutely amazing what happened with him, to turn the hour record. Within six months, he didn't do the things that he was doing that were inappropriate socially.
0: In a general sense, can you tell us where he is today?
1: You know, I don't know. I didn't keep track of him for very long. <laughs> I, we kept track of him for quite a few years, and he was doing really well. He graduated high school, and uh, he was out in, in the world fairly independent.
0: This is a so sales is both a for profit and not for profit operation. Maybe you could explain that. Sure. Yeah,
1: the sales group uh, is made up of uh, four for profit organizations and one nonprofit organization called Kids First Foundation.
0: And we should back up. Sales is an acronym. Yes, stands for Supported and Independent Living Services. So, uh, as a for profit business, you have competition. And you set yourself aside or apart, you think, from that competition in what way?
1: You know, we we set ourselves aside by focusing on our strength, which is working with people with extreme behavioral challenges. And we do it well. We've had a tremendous success rate over 21 years now. Uh, I would say it's a 99-plus percent success rate we've been able to work with almost everybody that the agencies have thrown at us and these really are the most challenging individuals in the state they've come from psychiatric hospitals from state developmental centers from families homes from uh, multiple failures within other community services and have come to us and they've succeeded with us that's what makes us stand out
0: your business started and grew in california but Now you're expanding. When did you start to expand and compare operating this kind of business in California, initially Southern California, with some of these other states you're now in?
1: Uh, California uh, has been great to us. We've grown tremendously. Because because of the... There's so many people here that need services. And in California back in the 70s, there was a a law called the Lanterman Act, and that really uh, gave people with disabilities the right to receive services, the right to live in the community, so many rights that they didn't really have written down before. And this Lanterman Act was kind of a breakthrough... Uh, piece of law that was instrumental in the lives of people here in California, with people with disabilities. And it really opened the doors for service providers and people with unique skills that could come in and help people uh, do well and, and, and uh, you know, just... Uh, achieve the best that they can with their lives and with the disabilities that they've uh, had. Um, as far as other states and compared to California, other states can be more difficult to work in or easier. Uh, it just depends on the state. We're in, in the state of Kansas and we're, op- we're starting now in the state of Washington. And uh, the regulations there are uh, pretty more, pretty much straightforward. They're working to become like California. They're kind of where California was fifteen, twenty years ago, as far as regulatory uh, environment. California has become uh, quite invasive in their <laughs> regulatory environment. Uh, it, it's difficult to to keep growing and and be profitable as a business a here lot of in California. A
0: paperwork, even Absolutely. field visits by...
1: By the different agencies, and there's multiple agencies. There's uh, community care licensing, the regional centers, uh, even local fire marshal pops in once a year to see how you're doing. Uh, meeting the regulatory uh, requirements for such licensed facilities such as our uh, children's group homes and adult residential facilities and adult behavioral day programs and so forth.
0: are there and and, and I, I don't know this. Uh, would you take on you mentioned no reject, no eject, but violent felons? I mean are there certain is there are there classes where like this this is not for us. we don't have that type of facility, security, We've taken those individuals on as well over the years. We've had specific uh,
1: homes uh, that were designated for, especially for children and teenagers who have had, um, you know, brushes with the law. You know, forensic cases of different sorts. Uh, actually, the first four guys that came out of Camarillo all had forensic backgrounds. Uh, so it's not something. Forensic—that's a nice term. That's a nice term for having done something wrong against the law. Felony. <laughs> right it's right. Violent felon. They could, could have been violent. They could have been just robberies. Or, but we've had people placed with us, uh, teenagers who committed crimes using guns and, and uh, may have hurt others and within their families and out in the world. So, and we've had success with those individuals as well. You know, when, when they come to us, which means that there's no other choice for them other than being locked up or have just come out of a place that, where they were locked up. So it's an opportunity for them to kind of see things in a different light as this is their first chance back out in the world or their last chance before they get sent away. So it's a, it's a good spot for them to be in uh, in order to get a chance to succeed.
0: <laughs> I know uh, you know that Rick Franzi's critical mass for business specializes in peer-to-peer learning, and you right off the top, gave the example of how you got into this line of work was a, a one of your peers so when i ask you it, it's a story you maybe you've already shared but there could be others an example where a peer executive gave you some insight some advice that maybe it advanced your business
1: sure there was, we have a problem in our field and it's systemic in that uh, we have a lot of turnover with our staff And a lot of businesses go through that, especially businesses where the rate of pay is lower than it should be. And we shared that conversation among other uh, providers. And one of them uh, said that you need to give our people a lot of opportunity for advancement. For example, we had uh, three positions that a person could work in, a direct care staff, a house manager, an administrator. That was pretty much it for a long time. And when we were having this problem, and he mentioned that give them more steps, so we created a couple of more steps. We added a a lead staff and a junior lead staff just to give people, even if it's just a tiny step up from where they are right now, uh, with a little bit of added responsibility, it gave them that, hope that there is room for growth within the organization and and that they shouldn't look elsewhere because they're going to have the opportunity to step up. So that was uh, beneficial it helped us reduce our turnover that year was around 25% the following year it was closer to 15%. So I'm sure it has something to do with it once we've impl- implemented that.
0: Looking ahead for your business besides growth which obviously is part of your strategy you're not you're not looking to hold tight uh, what else do you see do you look out for the next let's say five years
1: well I, I think there's a lot of um, opportunities in our field uh, due to being there being more funding uh, one of the things that's really uh, apparent right now is uh, applied behavior analysis ABA services, are now being funded through insurance companies. It's being mandated. I think 28 of the 50 states have already approved regulation, mandating their ins- insurance companies in their states to fund ABA services for children with autism in particular, and they're being covered by insurance. And
0: uh, are we touching on the Affordable Care Act here? Or?
1: It's uh, it's there. It, you know, it's part of that. Uh, will the afo- changes in the Affordable Care Act hurt that? A little too early to to predict that. Uh, you haven't not.
0: noticed anything? Well, not, not that all details have been released, but you haven't heard anything in the early discussions? No,
1: not specifically towards uh, insurance coverage right. or Medicare coverage for children with autism. have not, but it's possible. Uh, I'm hoping not. As uh, this became a new opportunity in our field, we have uh, one of our subcompanies uh, under sales group is Patterns Behavioral Services, and Patterns is very specifically focused on ABA services and discrete trial training services for children with autism in our centers and in the family's home. And there's huge potential to grow that business uh, because there are so many children in so many places and nooks and crannies all around the United States and around the world where they don't have these services and now there's an opportunity for these folks to receive them.
0: For folks who, whether it's it's businesses, anybody who wants to uh, learn more about sales, get in touch with uh, with you, I'm sure there's multiple places, why don't you give us a couple of the easier ones? Sure. Um, salesgroup.com,
1: S-A-I-L-S-G-R-O-U-P.com is a great site uh, to come uh, in contact with us. Patternsbehavior.com is another one. We are on Facebook, Twitter pinterest and um, you could we're pretty easy to find and uh, we hope uh, to hear from folks who have a need or just have questions
0: well it has been a it's a pleasure to meet you Uh, as i mentioned at the top when you find we all want to find that passion it's something a place where we want to go to work every day but we'd like to feel we're making the world a better place it sure seems like you have for 20 for at least 21 years As the CEO and founder of sales, Ihab Shahawi. Pleasure to meet you. Thanks for coming on Critical Mass for Business. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. You bet. And this has been Pete Weitzner in for Rick Franzi. Uh, He'll be back next Tuesday. We're on octalkradio.net. Thank you very much for listening, for watching. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.